and welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John, and that's Kathy's chair. That's well, that's Kathy's backdrop, really. Oh, you you can kind of see some of the chair over there. Not much. We can um, see some of the chair. The armrest of Kathy's chair. <laughs> the armrest of Kathy's chair. Um, what are we? What episode are we on, by the way? Oh, there's a Kathy. She'll know. Here comes Kathy. Kathy, save us! Save us, Kathy! Kathy. Save Kathy. us! Kathy, save, save us! us. Kathy, save us! What? What episode are we on? Uh, 174. Okay. <laughs> we didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. Uh, this week's episode, we're going to be talking about social contracts within the gaming community. Uh, but before we do that, let's go ahead and get through all of our cool sponsor stuff. We want to thank Muse on Minis for hosting our files and putting us uh, on the air and putting everything where we need to be. Uh, we also want to thank uh, CreatureCaster. We are a creature creator. Kathy will be working on our Scissoring of Desire pretty soon. We want to thank Metalhead Minis, of course. I like how John put that. Uh, soon. Uh, Metalhead Minis for sponsoring us and having a place for us to put uh, our products so people can buy it. And we want to thank Tectonic Craft Studios for uh, sponsoring us also. Uh, Dan is actually making up some new stuff, uh, especially for Marvel Crisis Protocol. So we should see that kind of soon, hopefully. Um, other than that, John, do we have any salutes this week? Uh, I think he sent me one. Uh, I think he sent me and Kathy one. The guy from W. Caribbean Cincinnati. Yep. Um, Frank Foner. Yes, thank you. He played Herb Tarlick on W. Caribbean Cincinnati. Which is kind of one of those thankless roles since he was one of the guys you're supposed to hate. But Yeah. Yeah, he he did really well at being like the used car salesman uh, ad guy on that show. And he just wore the most hideous suits. Yeah, he kind of dressed like my seventh grade algebra teacher. Yes, he did. But, uh, you know, he, he played a good role. And I mean, that whole show was very enjoyable, honestly. Yeah, it was actually an interesting take. Interesting. Yeah, it's, a, it's a good slice of life uh, in that particular time frame. It wouldn't really necessarily be like that anymore. So, uh, And of course, the classic Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> God is my witness. I thought I turkeys, thought turkeys could, could fly. fly. That, that's absolutely... Uh, uh, amazing. He actually directed some uh, episodes, looked mostly TV stuff, but he's directed quite a few episodes of TV shows. So, I did not know that. Yeah, it's on his. Uh, I'm looking at his uh, career on uh, our Wikipedia right now, and in addition to being in a mostly TV stuff, you know, a ton of episodes after uh, episodic after WKRP, but a couple series he, he was. Uh, and I mean, the recurring role in Sidekicks, if you remember that show. I was part of the main cast of just the 10 of us, and apparently they did a new WKRP in Cincinnati that I missed because I was in high school. And then he was in Saved by the Bell, the new class. Oh, shit. 
Um, but he did quite a few things. So, I mean, he, he will be missed. I don't know if there's anyone else. That's the only one I got notified of. Doesn't the mean there wasn't one I else. noticed. I mean, Kathy tried to scare me that James Hong had passed with the video she sent. I'm like, oh, shit, did, did he pass? No. I got to check these things, though. So, yeah, I think that's it, uh, Gonzo. I think so, too. He only got his uh, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, as you said. Yes. Which also deserves a salute. Also, he's awesome, so yeah, he, he deserves is. a salute anyways. Yeah, also, I've... voiced my favorite uh, voice on Diablo 3, Covetous John. There you go. Okay. All right, uh, Kathy, what are you drinking today? Beads. Yep. Among other things. <laughs> Water. What's the alcohol of choice? Uh, the the alcohol of choice earlier was wine, and but now it's uh, gin and tonic. Fair enough. John, what you got today? Uh, I am drinking a whiskey mule using that uh, Japanese whiskey, and then Banyan's extra gingery ginger beer. Which Japanese whiskey? Uh, the Suntory whiskey, Tokyo. Suntory. Suntory tonight. So, I am drinking Maker's Mark today. Oh. Decided I would do uh, a little bit of Maker's Mark uh, instead of a beer today. It's definitely needed. <laughs> you got that right. Uh, and still needed. Um, so, guys. It may seem like the pandemic is over in a lot of different places. People may be going around without masks. We're not over this. By a long shot. Yeah, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but we need to keep on keeping on to make sure it's not a train. Correct. Uh-huh. So, continue to wear your mask. Continue to distance from each other. If you're going to be hanging out with somebody, make sure that they're vaccinated, too. Um... Be safe. Um, just take care of each other, please. Um, yeah, Vermont is a whole different story uh, type thing. So um, just take care of each other. Um, cheers. 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 Also, it's jasmine tea. And that's tasty. Oh. So, yeah. Our. Yeah. Shush, Mo. I know, it is, but I'm not worried about that right now. Something has come up. Um, guys, we want to talk about social contracting while gaming. Uh, that is something that's becoming a reality right now. We are starting to get back to the thing where we're starting to game. Um, and in the new um, Age of Sigmar book, they did add the social cro uh, contract in there. And I know John has some choice words about this. John, can you go over to that social contract? You're going to make me find it in my copy of uh, 
The Age of Sigmar rules? Shit. If I had it, I would <laughs> read you it out loud. If you told me in advance, I could have had that ready. Well, I thought you would have. But, you know, that's Oh, no, I, I really only need to rant about one portion of it. And rant, I will. I've Pick done that before. No, there's actually... five pages? There's not a five pages one. Uh, didn't you post a picture in our messengers? Uh, I didn't. But someone did. All right, so they have, uh, it's actually the, like the third page of the book, so it's okay. pretty easy to get it. Uh, they have the player's code, uh, and I'm going to read it without comment. I'll comment afterwards. Uh, Cardinal rules, always be polite and respectful, always tell the truth and never cheat. Uh, the principles, arrive on time with all the things you need to play the game. Uh, make a respectful gesture to your opponent before and after the game, such as offering a handshake, wishing them good luck, etc. Avoid using language your opponent might find offensive. Ask your opponent's permission if you wish to use unpainted models or substitute models. Offer your opponent a chance to examine your army roster before the battle starts. Answer any questions your opponent has about your army and the rules that apply to your army. Measure moves and distances carefully and accurately. Give your opponent a chance to examine your dice rolls or pick up the dice. Ask permission before touching any of your opponent's miniatures. Remind your opponent about rules they may have forgotten to use or that they have used incorrectly, especially when doing so is in your opponent's advantage rather than your own. Never deliberately, deliberately waste time during a game. Avoid distracting an opponent when they are trying to concentrate. Be careful to respect their personal space. Never complain about your bad luck or your opponent's good luck. Never fix the outcome of a game. So... Uh, let's go to the one in question. If your opponent ever has a problem with you painting an unpainted model, fuck that guy. <laughs> that is not his motherfucking place to say. The hobby is the hobby you want. You're not forced into painting models if you don't want to paint models. That's perfectly fine. They're your models. Come with all unpainted models. Is that your thing? Some people don't like the way their models come out if they're painted so they don't bother they'll just go gray plastic or whatever and that is absolutely fine now the substitute models part sure you should probably make sure that that's okay before you go but do not do not ask permission for painting painted models and if they give you shit about it you tell them john spencer said fuck you <laughs> that seems fair because seriously you you, you can't really force someone to paint a... models and you shouldn't try yeah you know, there's no faster way to lose enthusiasm for a game than not playing it at all because it takes you forever to paint your entire army and you just lose enthusiasm, you move on to something else. And that's really not what people should want to have happen. Correct. I, and all these are generally good things. I, I think GW actually made a bit of an error by putting it in the book. Because people are going to point to this and be like, it's in the rules. Like, oh, yeah, really? Okay. Well, you know what else is in the rules? Me not playing you. Go fuck yourself. You know, these are just a good thing. Just play. We So we know this is all good, but this is all generic stuff. This is the stuff you know by playing a game. This is the shit, for the most part, that doesn't need to be said. The, you know, don't cheat, measure correctly, which is don't cheat. You know, little things like not wasting your opponent's time. Um, that's why you can't do uh, play War Machine in the Copic Scotty because that's that's a game of wasting your opponent's time sometimes. <laughs> but uh, you know, so that's all easy stuff. We're talking the important stuff with the 
um, you know, with the, the, the finer points of the game, stuff that is up for contention, let's say. And as you said, so there are terms of play painted. So don't take a requirement to play a game painted from a company that sells you models and paints and stuff to paint them with. It is, they of course want you to play it painted because you will buy more stuff from them. You should play it how you want to play it, like I said. But this is all fine and good, but you, this is all shit we know. That's, yeah, whatever. We're talking about the discussed terrain features. What is terrain going to count as? You go to a store, there's whatever's there, even or stuff you brought with you from home, and you may know what it counts as, but they may not know what it counts as. You know, and you don't want to be halfway through the game when all of a sudden a question comes up. Well, how tall is this terrain? Or is it passable? Can I fly over it? Can mm -hmm. I not? Oh, well. Or you try to fly over it. And the other person's like, well, actually, that's impassable. So you can't do that. Well, what exactly. do you mean? I, you didn't tell me at the beginning of the game. Yeah. You definitely want to cover all the terrain... Uh, everywhere on the table, make sure you both know what it is and agree what it is. Uh, Legionnaires is true, but that, that's that's standard stuff. You know, don't don't mess with your opponent's cards. Don't mess with your opponent's stuff. That's, Daddy that's... asked a question. Do you think there's a difference between war games and tabletop RPGs, like with the social contract? Um, the core is all the same. Those core, you don't really have to speak them. Stuff is all the same. Uh, and I would actually say the don't waste time is actually more important in a role-playing game because there'll be plenty of inadvertent time wasting. But, yeah, generally the same. Uh, I don't think actually due to the nature of a role-playing game, I think that's generally discussed, but it should be discussed in the first session, what you expect from a game. That's part of the social contract. Is we, you... have the, we have session zeros now for pretty much all the, the groups that I've played with. Mm -hmm. where we talk about things like that because people have different uh, expectations about a role-playing game and how how to interact with the other people. Yeah. Um, and well, there are sometimes some things groups. will come up. Like, sometimes you'll be playing a game and some things won't come to your mind, even if you're the game master, because because it's stupid and there's no way you'd think of that. For example, in D&D 4th Edition, any magic weapon you threw would return to you. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It doesn't that. matter if it's made to be thrown or not, which I thought was kind of silly. So I, I had never even seen that rule, honestly. I, not something that occurred to me. And then one of the player characters threw his weapon, and I'm like, all right, it's over there. And he's like, no, it returns. I'm like, it damn sure does not. He's like, well, the rules say. I'm like, that's cool and all, but it damn sure does not. Do you wish to change your action so you didn't throw your, your axe? Because <laughs> it ain't a throwing axe, you know? But that's an important thing. When you notice, it should be dealt with right away so there's no uncertainty on it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yesterday, playing against uh, Bowie, a couple times rules came up. And rather than stop the game to look at the rules, I said, well, I could see it going either way. We'll play it the way you said. And then when, after the game, we'll look up the rules so we know for sure. And that is the best way to go with it is if a rules question comes up, if you, if it's not important enough for you to stop the game and look at, just continue on with whichever ruling you want, whatever you guys agree on, and then look it up afterwards. But that's harder in a store. That actually is probably something you should mention. Hey, if a big rule comes up, do we want to just roll with it so the game gets done quickly, look at it afterwards, or do we want to stop and look up the rule as we go? 
that could be added to your social contract. Um, the dice thing is very important. Knowing how people roll dice when you put your dice tray down, like if it's not in the tray, it does not count. Yeah, you know? that's this is stuff that should also be discussed way beforehand. Um, as a, doing more tournament stuff, I know a lot of people get used to that. Like, okay, we this is this, this is a wall, this is a hill, this is you know so on and so forth. Uh, if any of my dice roll out of the tray, I re-roll it. Um, I and mean, if it's obvious cock, I re-roll it, you know, type thing. If it's obviously a cock die, I re-roll it, um, so on and so forth. Thanks I don't for try to... clarifying that. Yeah. I don't, like, try to... Like, I had one person go, oh, this is not a cock die because I can balance another die on top of it. I'm like... Yeah. I'm like, no, just re-roll it, dude. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people who do that. I'm like, I'm not, I re-roll all cock dice. If it's not flat, re-roll on it. So, I yes, mean, it's... obvious. Convergence of Cyrus is obvious. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, the thing about the whole thing is you want to play a game. Yes, we all want to win. But we need to make sure that it is a level playing field <laughs> and is an understand. I would like to win, but that's actually not my objective. My Correct. Objective I would actually say everybody fun. would like to win. Everybody would yes. like to win without having to have a ton of arguments and, you know... Checking all the rules 24-7 type thing. It should all be come down to these are my rules when I play with my stuff. I reroll all the dice that follow the dice tray. I, you know, I measure, blah, blah, blah. You know, this is how I play. And it shouldn't be anything that interferes with someone else's play either. Mm-hmm. If it's your stuff, it's stuff that, you know, goes and is based on you, not on everybody else. I actually change my dice after each roll. Like, you know, I've got a pool of dice. I'll take the dice, roll them, put them aside, grab the next pack, dice, roll them. I actually had someone say, like, stop wasting my time. I'm like, that's just how I do it, dude. I'm taking two seconds to grab a different set of dice and roll them. If that's not okay with you, the door's over there. Yeah. Yeah, and people don't... should recognize that other people have different dice voodoo. Works, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. And don't be afraid. This is the hardest part to stop a game and say, I don't think we should continue. I had a game in our the Infinity campaign we ran at Drop Zone Games way back in the day against a guy who's since been banned from two different stores um, where he was being the most nitpicky of nitpicky on every little thing. And I'm like, you know what, stop. You win. Good job. Award yourself your points. I'm going to pick up my models. And I kept it in a level voice. And I'm like, look, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. This is not the game I want to play. You win. And I just took my stuff and put it away. That's cry, trash rama. That's how I roll sometimes. <laughs> but don't make it personal. Don't be rude about it. Just keep your head. You know, be cool. Sometimes you get playing a game and you realize this person is going to be way too nitpicky for you to ever enjoy a game. They, you know, and that's something if you know you're like that. You say, like, when I sit down to a War Machine game, I would tell somebody, all right, we're measuring. Feel free to call me on measurements. It's not like my depth perception is good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they look at me like, oh, that makes sense. So I'm like, I measure. Does that look good? Looks good. Go. Because <laughs> I can't. T- I mean, at a certain point, distance away, I just can't tell that well anymore. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> It's become, and we're going stereotyping and, you know, we're just going a little off end on a lot of things. Because for the most part, 
people are pretty reasonable and pretty, you know, obvious and pretty chill about everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you got, you know, the people that aren't. You got to be able to understand that if you're playing this game, one, we're doing it for fun. Yeah, because that's the reason why we started to begin with. Even even if you were a tournament, even if you're a tournament player, you originally did this because oh, this is pretty cool. This is pretty fun. I could play this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then can you I know, just say, yeah, uh, just because I ask somebody else what a rule means, and then I say that I want to look it up in the book so that I can read it for myself, doesn't mean that I think. You're cheating me and telling me the wrong thing. It just means that I learn better when I read the text than I do when I listen to you explain it to me. Uh, absolutely, Bowie did that with one of the one of the cards. I read it. I'm like, works like this. He's like, let me see. Here you go. Here's the card. He yeah. looked, he's like, okay, I see it now. I mean, it it and wasn't English wasn't jiving, but in print you can it jives better. Understood. Yeah. And and I've I've listened to people, and this is. It doesn't matter if it's RPG rule or a board game rule or, you know, tabletop rule. If someone is reading me the rule even and I'm listening to it, it it won't stick in my head. So I need to I need to read it. So Mm -hmm. if I have to take a couple minutes and look up this rule, just let me for the love of God. Yep. You know, but that's that's a good thing. You know, that's players are. Yeah, but that's a good thing you know that's different, so you can say that, like, hey, you know, I like to read the rules myself because I get a better understanding that way, so if something comes up, I'm going to read it in the rule book. Don't take it personally. It's just what I do. That's a great thing to say to somebody you don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like it's like me with the measurements. Like, you know, it's it's a peculiarity of you, and by stating it, they're like, it's no longer an issue. They know what to expect now. Well, now you know, Scotty, that if, if somebody does that where you explain a rule to them, but they just want to read it, it's because it it sticks in their brain better when they read it, and it has nothing to do with them judging you about, you know, lying to them. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I, I'm going with Scott. If I was caught with Scotty Potty on this, if someone says, are you sure? I'm like, crap, did I do something wrong? Oh, and, oh and, yeah, I misunderstood that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, like, yeah. You're like, did I do it wrong? Like, I, I read cards all the time. I pick up my dice, and I'm like, hold on. Okay, that's the right number of dice. Just make it sure. I mean, few of us, especially right now, have the muscle memory and, you know, reps in with a game to know everything off the top of our head like we used to back in the day. Oh, yeah. Plus, as you get older, but memory goes. So. I absolutely have misinterpreted <clears throat> so, you mean, sentences and rules where, where I think that it's like this. I once played with a whole league of blood bowl players that played the block rule and the uh not the block rule but the uh the assist rule that they have uh where they played it wrong and that's how i learned it and then i went and played with a different league and they were like uh no that's no that's not how you do it i mean look in the book it's like this and there are diagrams and i looked and i'm like oh yeah this other bunch of people have been playing it wrong this entire time Thank you. Remember that many people have learned from other people and not from reading the rule book. Because those rule mm-hmm. books are very wordy, and only recently have they really started to get technical writers to help them to make it actually easily understandable. Because that's an extra expense. I mean, you don't want to pay a technical writer when you're like, ah, we can do it fine. People understand what we mean. They don't always. 
You know, we a lot of us have learned for other people, and then you're propagating the wrong rule through several generations of learning, and that's just funny. Well, and also, I mean, there's a radis that come out, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, oh, that was a radid. Well, not all of us can, you know, know, you know, and look at everything all the time or always on the that social page or that forum. Oh, yeah, not everybody's on those, you know, forums. Yeah, not, yeah and Discord's in 2005. now. <laughs> yeah, and now Discord, and Discord has made some rules, and you're just like, oh, I didn't know that. Can you show that to me? And you're like, oh, okay, cool. All right, I, I I'll think that it says... As long as you're playing it the same, it's fair, right? Absolutely, it is. If you guys go, well, for example, the rule we had a question of yesterday, Paul had a re-roll, and then he had a separate ability to let him re-roll. Now, 90% of games don't let you re-roll a re-roll. That Correct. is a no-no. So I'm like, I'm not sure you can re-roll, re-roll, but I'm like, in, the, uh, in order to get this going quickly, proceed with it, because it's from a different ability, and then we'll play it like that the entire game for both of us, and then we'll go back and read the rule afterwards. And, spoiler, you can re-roll a re-roll as long as it's from a different ability. And Marvel Crisis Protocol. So, there you go. But it's easy just to say, this is how we're going to play it. Doesn't matter what the rule really is, because for the game, that's the rule. And then afterwards, you go look at it. Easy peasy. Daddy says, I've played several editions of the game. The games I like, it gets muddy the older you get. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm still I'm still living in uh 4th edition 40k. Uh I just uh, I Kathy, can't. that was a little while ago. I, I mean. know it was. <laughs> now the guy who I was going to say the guy who sits next to me in D&D but that doesn't you know that doesn't happen anymore. Um but my friend Jack I still say it like he's right here. My friend Jack <laughs> He's like 80. And he's been playing D&D since it started. And, like, regularly since then. And he totally will confuse different rules and and stuff with with now. Which, and it's funny when he does. Because we're like, no, no, no. And he's like, ah, ah, yes, that was in second edition. Ah, yeah. Or whatever, you know. I mean, D&D's in fifth edition. So, I mean... Yeah, and, and learning stuff, because I had, when we started up uh, the new D&D campaign I did, uh, with some old people that I played with, you know, 20 years ago. And they were like, yeah, but isn't this this? And I'm like, nope, it's no longer in this edition. What? And I'm like, yeah, certain size weapons don't matter. It's, you know, type thing. And so they're just like, really? And I'm like, yeah, that's just how it is. Um. And, and that that's the big thing, especially like changing from one edition to another. There's always going to be this time and this thing you forget a rule that's now a new rule and confuse it and go, oh, wait a minute. No, that doesn't matter. Type thing. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we're all going to get rules wrong. You, you should, I would say, in addition to what they say. So, like I said, most of what that that uh, Age of Sigmar rulebook says is okay, but it's all the well-does stuff. What they don't also say in there is you should probably have the general idea of what your shit does, but that's not always possible with errata and how infrequently some of us play. But you should at least know where to find the shit related to your stuff. Or be prepared not to use it. I've gone through games and not used ability because I'm like, I know I have some sort of ability, but I can't find it right now. I don't care. 
And as we get more and more games, it's going to happen more and more because we've we're pushed in many directions. I would say that falls into the time wasting. If you're going to spend too much time looking for something, just either have it ready to begin with, or save it, look for it on your opponent's turn, or what have you. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of times going from like Mark One to Mark Two in War Machine and Hordes. I'm like, oh yeah, they no longer have that rule. They no longer have that rule. I mean, morale rules? Yeah, they don't have those. Yeah, morale rules. Yeah, that was. I was glad they kind of get rid of that. There was some I'm broken. Act- there was some broken I'm ass shit in that. I'm actually not glad that they got rid of it, but that's another discussion for another time. Yeah. Well, there was some broken, broken stuff. No, no, not broken. It's whiny players. <laughs> well, there was, there were some. I remember sometimes it was just it needed the morale needed to be fixed on some of those, some of the abilities well, that happened. I'm not going to argue that it needs to be fixed, but uh, I got a discussion. I think any game higher than true skirmish level needs morale in order to actually promote tactical and strategic gameplay. And that's good enough. Yeah. Um, so. you know, I, I was I was kind of zoned out, and sorry about it about the painting one that had it re, you know you were talking about required on that on that contract. Um, yeah, ask your opponents for unpainted fucking. Now, so this is the same document more or less they put in the White Dwarf two years ago, and I raged against it then. I'm still going to rage against it because I'm going to rage against people enforcing their their hobby on other people's hobby when it's not an actual special event or anything. I'm on record as saying tournaments, conventions, whatever, in Warhammer World, in a local gaming store, they're going to have their own rules based on what it is. I know some gaming stores will have, if you're at the front tables, like up front, you have to be fully painted to promote the game better because that's what they want. If you're in the back where no one can really, you know, they have to go back looking for you, it ain't a big deal. Which is fine. That's separate than that but I have a problem with them trying to think that you have to have all your models painted because we have limited free time motherfucker <laughs> yeah I mean, language I, again. I mean like I said, there, there's there's a thing where you're going hey this tournament is going to be and you've got enough notice that it's going to be mm-hmm. fully painted type thing as a casual Absolutely. day at the store I could give two shits indeed I I I agree 100%, obviously. There is no need for casual day at the game store must be painted. I don't no. care. Don't care. If it's a tournament and you know, like, weeks and months in advance or whatever, you're that's, that's, that's different. You choose mm-hmm. to be in that tournament type mm-hmm. thing. Um, you know, and some of them are, I know like a lot of 40 K what grand tournaments require full painting and such. So, I mean, that's, you know, a big, I don't like you Cyberstorm. <laughs> but you know, that's just, you know, it's just how it is. Um, like Adepticon, everybody knows Adepticon has to be fully painted. I don't have to go to Adepticon if I don't want to. Nope. That's the thing. Do I... Want to go to Adepticon? Yes. If I'm going to be playing in a tournament that requires fully painted, am I going to paint my stuff? Yes. Because that's, you know, their rules. Because mm-hmm. nobody is twisting my arm and forcing me to play in their tournaments. You know, I've, I've judged plenty of uh, armies at Adepticon where they've still had maybe a unit that's not painted because they just ran out of time. And, you know, 
not like you get a turn half most of their armies painted you know three quarters of their armies painted but they couldn't finish one or two units you know they're still gonna let them play I'm sorry I just got some bad news um it, it's it, there is there's something that we've got to do that we've got to make sure that we talk to our opponent and we've got to get things going and mm-hmm. we've got to make sure that we're doing this uh, and stop being a douche I, i'm sorry that's just the best way to put it you gotta well, stop being a douche wheaton's law don't be a dick yeah just well the other thing is 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 Something you said uh, that, that brought to my mind. Don't consider them your opponent. Consider them the other player. Yeah, I mean... Because it, it's not... There's no life or death on this. You ain't got skin on this game. You know, this is why we don't play for money and why Magic, when they opened up games for money, was, as far as I'm concerned, the death knell, even though people still play it. Yeah. It was the death knell of good games. Because uh, once you play for money, it's serious business and people aren't... It's not play-play anymore. It's for real, real. Yeah, there, there's... There's been a lot of things going on. As soon as you implement money into a tournament, mm-hmm. it, it changes the mentality of a lot of people. Yes. And, and I, I hate to I, say that. We it, had it, a group that would do a would do Warhammer Fantasy tournament, and it'd be for money. You know, now game by game for money, and then you know a pot for the end. But I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, not gonna play. We need players. Not gonna play for money. Not worth it. Because you, you know, even in even in tournaments I've I've played in where there is no money, there is just like a little bit of prize support. And it's not even that much prize support. Yep. And people will still be assholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can't help the assholes that are assholes. I mean, so when I go to a, most tournaments that I go to um, that are held at a game store, everybody pays like 10 bucks, you know, type thing. Everybody pays the 10 bucks. And then that entire pot is turned around to store credit. And which I think is one of the greatest things to do. Because one, the store's getting paid. The store credit you get, you're still paying full price. You're not getting, you know, the 50% discount with your store credit. You're getting, you're paying full price for what's on the shelf. So the store's still making money, but -hmm. they're bringing people back in. And am I going to get upset if I don't win $50 in store credit? No, because usually they take that store credit and divide it up between first, second, third, and a couple of randoms, you know, random door prizes. So, I mean, mm. whenever I started seeing, and I hate to I hate to talk bad about this, but it, it's kind of what's going on, is when I see 40K tournaments that are, you know, $10,000 prizes, and it's rampant cheating things that are on there. And I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, once you up the stakes you also change the dynamic of players involved. It shouldn't be that way, but America has a toxic competitive environment about it inherently. So when you start adding the rewards, the toxicity comes out. And yes, Big Knight, every once in a while, uh, when you get a sense of relief, once you lose a round in a tournament, yes, because then you're in the fun bracket, not in the serious business (laughs) bracket. That's funny, and that's just what I typed, too. I said, when you're at the bottom tables, you know you're just playing for the fun of the game. Yeah. And you have nothing to lose except for, you know, maybe that particular game. And and you're both, 
you're both enjoying it. You know, mm-hmm. you, there's no pressure. No pressure at all. Because I'll be honest, at those top tables, there's pressure. Yeah, well, I mean, because you also can go, I know I'm not fighting him, so I don't have to worry about him anymore. <laughs> and you can also try random shit, too. Um, the last War Machine tournament I went to, um, I was playing something weird and whatever, and I knew I was not in the running for first place, which I didn't care. But I was looking at my opponent, and I was like, okay, I'm going to try this Hail Mary bullshit maneuver, and I know it's not going to be great, and the percentage is stupid low, but I want to try it. And he's like, all right, you have to roll a 12 to hit and a 12 to kill me on 2d6. Motherfucker, what did I do? Rolled a 12 to hit and a 12 to damage and killed him. And he oh, was like... Those are the best. And, and we both sat back and laughed because you know that, you know, the statistically it's not going to happen. But you're like, that's how the dice roll this time. And there's nothing mm-hmm. you can do about it. it and, and you know what? Those are the really fun games, too. Mm-hmm. Because your opponent's not worried about it. You're not worried about it. You pull off some outrageously stupid shit, and you both just sit back and laugh like a motherfucker about it. And you're just like, this is amazing. That was so that's, stupid, but so fun. That, that's my history of uh, league games against Devil Squid. He'll get an advantage. I'm like, all right, I need some hot dice rolls. Like, and hot dice rolls, you're dead. Sorry. It, it happens. I mean, it's kind of... It is hilarious when it happens, especially because it's, you know, it's not serious business. I mean, let's be honest. I don't... I am at a point in my life where I never ever want to play a game for serious business. Yeah. It isn't even, I mean, just Warhammer. It's pretty much any any tournament, tabletop war game slash skirmish game that I've ever played. Mm-hmm. I mean, I they like... They all get that way. Every single one of them wants to think that they're better than the other ones socially, but no. I mean, I like, when I, when I play, I like a very precise and, you know, strategic game. But when I'm playing it... I'm going to let that one fall to the ground. I'm not going <laughs> to spike that one. Go ahead. Go but, ahead. but you understand where I'm coming from. I don't want, like, I still make shooting noise and make noises when I move my miniatures and, you know, still do stupid crap like that. And, you know, you know make weird noises, make weird sounds, you name it. And it kind of, you know, I had one opponent that were like, why are you doing that? I go, because I'm having fun. He's like, that's kind of stupid. And I'm like, for like you it is. Fun? Having fun's never stupid. What's wrong with you, dude? Yeah. I mean, so I just, I, I don't understand it. I, I, I'll never get that mentality of super seriousness all the time, every time, everywhere we go. Do I want to win? Yeah, I want to win. Am I going to win being a douche or whatever? No, it's not worth it to me. It's not worth it to my opponent to be an ass. I would rather let my my opponent, like, here, just take it. I don't care. I'll, I'll, I'll play in the lower brackets and get third place. Don't care. <laughs> yes, you do have a boo hammer command. Yep. So... So it's yes, worth, uh, I mean, when we get back into the stores, it'll be worth sitting down and thinking what kind of things you need to talk to your opponent about. Because remember also, we haven't done this in a while, so you need to make sure you know, not every game is cut and dry in what terrain is. Um, they're getting better, but at some point, you're going to have to just describe it what it is. Because you're going to have whatever pieces are available there. 
I think honestly, terrain is probably the most important thing, followed by how you're going to handle crazy situations. Uh, the crazy situations is not as important because you can discuss them as they come up, and then you know what the rule is. I mean, it doesn't matter. As long as you guys are consistent, it's fine. You know, the first time the rule comes up, because because Bowie and I didn't talk about any of that before we played the game, because first off, Marvel Crisis Protocol has very defined what sizes everything is. Uh, secondly, you know, any rules question, we, we've been friends for forever. Like, we're going to get through it. It's going to, I know either he's going to look it up right there if it's important, or we're going to be, this is what we're playing it as, and we'll look it up afterwards. So, but you might want to make sure that's clear, you know, like, how are we going to handle that stuff? Do you want to go for quickness? Also, it's important to make sure you guys know how much time you both have. Sometimes that's important. If someone's only got pretty much enough time for a game, you don't want to have a lot of conversation, which is unfortunate, but sometimes the reality of being on a schedule. So make sure that's known as well. That's something people forget. You know, what kind of time do we have? You know, because Bowie and I played a very slow game. We, we chatted a lot and all that. So it took us several hours, which is fine because we're just hanging around. But sometimes you might want to get multiple games where I'm like, oh, I've got dinner at such time or I've got to be home by such time. Make sure you know that. That's an important note of the social contract because you, cause you'd rather not be cleaning up in the middle of the game. You'd want to get the game to a certain point. Also, knowing the time frame, you guys will play differently to make sure the game ends in that time frame. Yep. True, because I mean, I know some games are like, oh, this is going to take five hours to play this game. I'm like, mmm. Let's only, no play time for that. <laughs> Let's only play three turns. Let's only play three turns. Yeah, it's only playing three turns. Yeah, but that kind of thing, if you know, you can plan for it. it the core point of the Gamer Social Contract is to keep us communicating. And it's important because some of us are not necessarily the best with social situations all the time. You know, let's be honest, many of us gamers are terrible socially. No. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. <laughs> and that's fine. That's what it's for, is to keep you talking, to get that stuff out of the way, so you don't have to have an uncomfortable social situation. It's already been resolved, so you have a comfortable one. I mean, Trash, I know you're the best socially, but, uh, you know, not everyone is. <laughs> you know, some people do, don't want confrontation, and we, even when they should confront somebody on something, they don't. If you've got that out of the way, though, they can do it with confidence, because we talked about it. They know how it's going to go. It sets their mind at ease. They don't get the social ghiblies. Yeah, it's... With tournaments coming back, Games coming back, and I've seen actually some pretty cool uh, people on my feed that have been doing barbecue uh, events. They bring a bunch of friends over to their backyard and have tents set up, and they do barbecues and everything. You know, which is really good because it's such a good casual social get back with your friends, hang out with your friends type thing. Um, we need to start looking at that. We need to make sure that we, you know, are conscious of what everybody else is out there, not just doing it to do it. And also know that everybody's social boundaries are different. Mm -hmm. Like me, I could give two shits if you came up and just grabbed me and gave me a hug and grabbed my butt. Don't give two crap. Because you're not going to do that unless you're my friend anyway. So I don't care. 
One would hope. Yes. One would if hope. not, it would probably be somebody I haven't seen in a long time, and you know, so on and so on. If it's someone you know that you know, I couldn't come. say exactly the same thing, but yeah. 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 <laughs> also, the most important thing is, much like a comedian, know your audience. Look at him. Yes. Take take the subtle cues. If you're super enjoying and, and you know fun trash talking, and it looks like it's getting to them, stop. Yes. Because there's a point where the cognitive brain turns off, and I even though people know you're just poking fun, you're trying to have a fun game, they're 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 done with this shit, and they're going to snap. You do not want that. Look at your audience. Look for the ticks. If you're on the other end, say like, "Hey, dude, I'm I'm not feeling this. Let's finish the game. Can you can you lay off?" You know, it's it's important to do that out there. Don't don't make it personal. It should not be personal. If you make it personal, you have failed. And to, to quote a wise man, "You be nice until it's time to not be nice." Yeah. It, it's you should always respect everybody's boundary, no matter what. And if you don't know what their boundary is, you can ask. Hey, mm-hmm. are you are you a handshaker, a hugger, an elbow? You know, do you do you mind a little? Okay, I can tell you're not liking the shit talking. You know, take take the social clues. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's why I always phrase my shit talk in a different voice, so everyone knows I'm being silly about it. Yes, you know, let me it, just it take helps. a moment. Diomedes Industries is in the chat. He said that's a mighty fine choker, Kathy. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, See? hold on, See? hold on, Kathy, hold on. I'll get you. I'll get you. <laughs> this is my new choker. This it's a little dragon. Yep. And and, it's uh, Lean close so we can get a good, clear this, look this at for, it. This for Dio. <laughs> and uh, Dio Medes Industries made this choker because he is a leather worker. Oh, awesome. And uh, so, yeah. Thank you very much, Dio. I will be painting a Holly Monster model for Dio in trade. Awesome. (laughs) I love trades. Trades are awesome. Trades are super, super cool. So, but yeah, I mean, you gotta, you may not always know your opponent because of course you could just be random dude or random dude at a tournament, but there are some obvious social norms that Uh you shouldn't do. I yeah. mean, and, and if something bugs somebody, take a look at your opponent, see how they are, check them out. You can obviously tell when some people are upset or it's bugging them. And like, hey, pause a clock if you're playing on a clock. Pause a clock, you know. And and dude, I had I was playing this one guy at a tournament. He was freaking out. I mean, he was literally sweating bullets on his turn and everything. And I'm like, judge, I'm pausing it. And I pause the clock and I go, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? Because, I mean, you're, like, really bad right now. You're sweating bullets. You're freaking out. Do you need to go take a break or get a drink or something? I'm like, I don't have a problem. Well, yeah, also, look, I've, I've been in a tournament where I looked at the guy, and I'm like, I'm like, it looks like you're not having fun anymore. He's like, yeah, yeah I'm not really. You're, you're rolling me. I'm like, do you just want to call it a game and we can go get a drink? He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, dude. We, I mean. Look, we ain't in contention anyways. I don't really care. Well, it's just, if you're not having fun anymore, why are we doing this, right? I can continue to murder all the stuff on the board till the cows come home, but if you're not having fun anymore, what's the point? 
Yeah. So we, we called it. The judge came over, awarded, like, okay, that and that, cool. Went and got a drink, and he felt a lot better. Yeah. I mean, take a break. I mean, nothing is it's worth okay that. It's okay to quit a game. Yes. It's yes. okay to quit a game. I know we have it drilled into us since we're little that quitters never win, and quitting is somehow, you know, morally bankrupt or some shit. But that's not true. If you're not having fun, you can quit. Trash. Oh, <laughs> hell Hydra. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so in a tournament, so a lot of tournament rules are unfortunately not set up to be have good cons good concessions. They're very harsh on both parties. So in that case, knowing the circumstance, try not to quit in those cases. You know, play your best, try and give it a good game so that you are getting the proper score and your opponent's getting the proper score, more important for your opponent than you at that point usually. You know, if the if the judge is good and can work something out, do it. You know, get your have your discussion with them. That's also part of the social contract. It doesn't stop once you start playing the game. You're continuing to evolve it as you go. Yeah, and see what they say. But in a friendly game, if you're not having fun, stop. Say, look, obviously you're going to roll me. Neither of us are going to learn shit from this. Good game. There's ways to quit. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying, you know, flip the table, you know, walk oh. out. But, but that's my yeah. tactic. Continue your <laughs> continue your social contract. I mean, for the love of God, don't be a dick about it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't paint all my models. They have to be unpainted so I don't damage their paint scheme when I flip the table. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's that. Right. You obviously, you move your models first and then then flip the table. <laughs> no, no, one of the horrible people I used to work with had a tactic. He's like, if you're at one of those normal tournaments, they put, you know, we used to have just the boards on top of the uh, the table. Just keep scooting it towards your opponent a little bit at a time during the game, but keep your arms rested on it. And then when shit starts going sideways and he puts his hands down on the table, leaning a little bit, take your arms off, let it flip, and then be like, dude, what are you doing? You were doing well, too. So, Jim, once upon a time, had a lizard man army and had a ton of scratch-sculpted bottles in it. And this is a Golden Demon-winning uh, army. Oh. And, uh, you know, what do they call the, the armies on parade? Winning army? And oh, yeah. uh, he had somebody do that inadvertently oh. to his army. It was not fun. <laughs> but, it, but, it was, but it was not on purpose. It was not on purpose. It was which has got already been. Which I'm sure the guy was like. He was had mortified, a heart and we felt bad for him because he was feeling bad, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it was. I mean, no slight against him. It was just a mistake. But yeah, that's the thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shit, unfortunately, happens, but. So yeah. So in closing on this, make sure you discuss with your with your opponents or your other other players things you may think come up, peculiarities with your personality and how you do things, any models that are uh, 
proxies or stand-ins. Like, for example, in Marvel Crisis Protocol, it is no secret that I dislike the new Iron Fist model coming out. No, no. So I may or may not have bought the chibi Iron Fist from Marvel United to use <laughs> as Iron Fist. I see no problem with that. <laughs> but you'll want to make sure. Look, I'll still have the model. I'll get Marshall work on it. We'll find something to make it look fine without the fucking sock pocket puppet. I actually have some ideas for that, but I, I want to wait for it to come in. Uh, I would convert the original. I'm going to see what I can do. I actually have some ideas with... Uh, I think, I feel like actually putting a little sock puppet on the hand would be hilarious. I think this box set, and in fact, this guy over here in the corner. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. He might have some potential there. Like, literally, I might be able just to head swap An or something. An actual martial arts sort of a pose? Yeah. Yeah. So Who knew? That might work. And I'll have to replace him for this box set, but... As evidenced by the fact I bought this long before COVID came and it is not even opened yet. I don't like that's a problem. Someday. Someday you'll play Malifaux again. I will. That's uh that's uh not Brush Dave's game of choice. He is not going to purchase any uh Marvel Crisis Protocol until they make Kitty Pride. And then my <laughs> buddy uh no nickname Frank is just retired from the Air Force and is moving back in the area for his civilian job. And he is interested in Malifaux. It might be the only real crossover game we have. And his nickname is No Nickname Frank. I haven't given him a nickname yet, so. I just find that amusing. I, that was off nickname. the top of my head. I mean. it, it's canon now. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I'll let him know on Thursday when he's in town looking at houses and we have dinner. By the way, everybody knows you as No Nickname Frank. So... But yeah, so, I mean, but, you know, it's thing, I'll go like, hey, look, I'm using this as Iron Fist. Do you have a problem? If you do have a problem, that's cool. I'll just change my base or roster so I'm not using the Defenders. I don't think anyone will have a problem, but some people really hate chibi models. Mm -hmm. Those people are crazy, but I have yeah. to respect their wishes. What, what's, their, what's the official response from AMG on that? Do we have one? Is it you have to use their models completely? Do I need to ask them? What, no, like I was just curious. No, because I was just curious. The, I, I didn't know the what they're official on proxy models in a not official tournament. They can't control what you do. Don't I understand let them that. Try. I was asking. True. That's what is their thing. official? I was wondering what their official response is for proxy models. I don't even care. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. I don't care. If I when, play uh, when they have their own stores like Games Workshop has, where they can come over and say, you have to play with all Games Workshop models, then or you can care. Like Adepticon to play, I would contact them prior and be like, hey, I'm doing this because your ass has fucked up the Iron Fist model and I love Iron <laughs> Fist dearly. You've offended me on a personal level. I'm going to use this chibi model instead because fuck you. Is that okay? <laughs> I was just wondering what, if they had an official response to that already. Because yeah, I know that there is... So it's not important enough to ask. I'm not going to waste Pagani's time with that shit. Yeah. Well, because I, I know that there's a group of people that make alternate sculpts for mm -hmm. the, yeah. the 3D game. And they're actually some really good ones, too. And I was wondering if was... Gonna go. yeah. But, yeah. again, you should ask your opponent if you're doing anything like that to see if they're a problem. Like I said, they might just be ready. Have an alternate ready. I mean, so I used uh, for... What are they named? Chronos Cutthroats. 
for crow's cutthroats, uh, even though I had actual crow's cutthroats models painted, they're not good models. They're very static. This. Yeah. So I used Mangle's Man Flayers from uh, Warhammer Fantasy as stand-ins. And I'd go, hey, do you have a guys have a problem with this? And, I mean, no one ever did, but I asked beforehand. I have Mangle's Crow's Cutthroats. Man Flayers? You ever seen Mangle's Man Flayers? Uh-uh. They're a Dog's War unit. They're Dark Elf, uh, I mean, they're Dark Elves with great swords and fucking crossbows. Poison crossbows, because that's badass. <laughs> so you're like, boom, all good. Oh my god, Nis Rangers are the best models ever. No, no, they're they're really, really not, Big Knight. They're really not. Crush Rama wants to know. I am practicing twelve bottles, twelve boxes of instant macaroni and cheese for my army. You know what? I would say I would say only if they fit on the proper bases. And I could tell what they're armed with. Like, are the extra cheesy ones armed with something else than the regular cheese ones? Yeah. And is the three cheese blend even a different weapons? Group? What about the shells? Like, if you have the shells ones, that's a totally the different shells thing. Cheese, yeah. Like, the shells are, are archers, and the regular extra cheese is, is like... Uh, oh, I think if they're big enough, he's probably proxying titans with boxes of mac and cheese. Ah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, as long as you have a cheat sheet, and this is actually a non-joking portion, if you have a cheat sheet you could make for what your proxies are, that will help, too. So, that way you know the boxes of shells and cheese are the bigger version of... Shells uh, are the commanders. The shells yes. are the commanders. Okay. Okay. As long as you know. Yeah, so, but no, not jo uh, joking aside, having a cheat sheet would help also. But that's the kind of stuff you should ask for, you know, and if anything comes up repeatedly, maybe make a note to take care of it. And this is going to sound really bad. You should probably have a notebook or something you can easily take notes on with you just in case you have notes you need to take like that. Like, oh, need to mention this before games. It helps. Yes. Because you're not going to remember after the game. If you take a note, you will remember, like, oh, I got a note here to remember to do this. And I'm out of alcohol. I'm out of alcohol, too. Whoa, whoa, hold on. No, wait a minute. I got a little bit left. Sorry. Oh, I brought a spare. It's just water, though. I am not sold on shells being the superior mac and cheese shape. Oh. But now I want mac and cheese. I also want mac and cheese. Luckily, I have some downstairs. Hmm. I have them in the cupboard. That's where you keep it, in the cupboard. I don't have the shells, though, because it's just like the regular... I'm a traditionalist in that way. Yeah, I'm a mac and cheese myself. That being said, if someone gives me shells and cheese, like, you have to eat this, we don't have regular mac and cheese, I ain't gonna complain. Oh, yeah, I'm not gonna turn it away. That goes straight through the mouth hole. See, I'm stupid picky on my mac and cheese because I have a cheese texture thing, so. Wait, they come with the cheese packet instead of the powder? No, I need the powder. I don't want real cheese. The but it's American cheese. Any real it's not real cheese. anyways. Well, real, you know, dairy. It's got dairy in it. I need the powder. So, uh, I'll be honest, my uh, cousin really still only eats, like, mac and cheese and chicken nuggets and potato chips. 
He's in his 30s. And it has to be certain mac and cheeses. Like, he won't eat all of them. I won't eat all of them. Well, if all you eat are chicken nuggets, mac and cheese, and potato chips, I'd figure you'd be a little more lenient on the type of mac and cheese. Uh, I don't think so. I think by then you'd be a connoisseur. I would not call him a connoisseur of anything. <laughs> Anyways, I think it's time for the media section. I think it is. Since we've devolved to talking about mac and cheese. Hey, look at this. Oh, we're in the media section. We're in the media section. Booyah. I don't want to be impolite, but nobody cares what Pat Robertson does. <laughs> That's not entirely true. There's a couple things Pat Robertson could do that people would care about, but I'm not going to say them because that's rude. Mm. So, I watched a couple episodes of something, and that's it. It was a strange week. It's almost like I streamed every night. What? Which, John, are you going to be streaming the days Kathy is off, or do I need to, like, because Mizzy wants to know how many more points that well, she can gonna get. Well, he's going to be streaming in the evening. Oh, she doesn't have to, during the day. Just not to worry about it. I'm going to find how to change it. I'm going to change it to 2,000 points, and I'll have her jump in, add 2,000 points to it, and it's going to succeed. Yeah. <laughs> Easy peasy. I, I, I'm done with the bullshit. We're, we're, we're going to skip to the end. <laughs> as a, as my, uh, my friend, Jay Pepe, who has unfortunately passed, said, win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's got to be some kind of a ratio of, you know, hours of streaming versus, you know, channel points versus cost. I don't know. There's an equation in there somewhere, but I don't know what it is. So I will obviously be streaming Monday. I will be streaming Tuesday. I will not be streaming Wednesday since I have previous stream. I don't usually stream on Wednesdays because I have every other week stream. Uh, Thursday will be out and not streaming. I will not be streaming uh, at all this next week and a half, two weeks. So you will get all of the notifications about when John is streaming Legionnaires. Yeah. Yeah. We we figured, uh, John told me about that this week. Last week. Or was it last week? Whenever that was. Yeah, whenever. Well, technically. Technically. Yeah, it's Sunday. (laughs) John's like, yeah, whatever. But yeah, so Thursday we'll have nothing. Wednesday we'll have nothing. Uh, Saturday we generally have nothing. Actually, Saturday I probably won't even have the chance to stream. I think I'm going over to hang out in person with my gaming buddies since we'll all be done with our vaccines at that point. Nice. So yeah, you'll just have to find something for Thursday, Gonzo. Because they're used to me not being Wednesday. Or Wednesday if you want to have something Wednesday. So there you go. Wednesday and Thursday. Those are your tasks. Wednesday and Thursday. I think I can do something Wednesday, Thursday. If I did some streaming, I probably would get hit by a certain person because I didn't show up to hang out with them. But yeah, I think so. That's yeah. and it's fair as well. You should. Yeah. So, all right, uh, let's go with the media section. Um, I have eight hundred and forty-two things. How many do you have? I have like one. Uh, if one. I think hard, it might be two. I think you have at least two because you watch Space nineteen ninety nine and you watch Star Crash. I talked about Space 1999 last week, though. But you watch more episodes. You get to tell us what you think of Season 2. I haven't so gotten to Season 2 yet. Wow, long seasons. 
yeah, there's like 25 episodes or some ridiculous thing like that. And I'm on episode 18 I just finished, or 19. You, you didn't watch all those in a week? Turns out, no. <laughs> that's, that's fair, actually, because I only watched two episodes because everything kept going late. And by the time I get ready to watch an episode, I'm like, I can't because I got to go to bed for work. Uh-huh. Well, I know that I finished, uh, and I posted about it on Facebook, that I finished uh, The Good Life, or The Good Place. The Good Place. The Good Place with uh, Captain Mizzy and Erica this weekend, and they actually stayed up pretty late to watch it, uh, because we were at the last three episodes type thing, and they're like, they got to figure out what they were doing. And, you know, it still got me in the gut, even though I know what's going on and know how it's going, it still got me. Um, someone posted that Brandon Sanderson um, has written something about the ending and from a from a storyteller's point of view, and I've got to look it up to see what it is. Because this show goes from being like your standard, because I remember when I first watched the first season, and I told Kathy, I'm just like, eh, I'm kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of get into this. I'm not too much into it. And it's kind of the your normal laugh track type you know, comedy show. And Fuentes and I like, no, yes, keep, keep going, keep going. Yeah, and you were like, keep going, this gets better. And I did, and I kept going. And of course, the characters are a whole lot funner, a lot, a lot more funny as they go on. Jason is the greatest character on there, in my opinion, because he is so stupid funny, and his outlandish things that he says are amazing. Um, but it, it really. I can't recommend this enough. Even watching it, you know, a second time, I really, really like it. Um, it's it goes a little weird at times, um, and goes a little bit silly and a little bit what? And you get some plot holes, but it's just good fun. Um, and things just happen out of the weirdness too. You, somebody will be talking all of a sudden, someone will come in and say something weird as shit, and you're just like, yeah, that's funny. That was pretty funny. And then they get into the seriousness about season four. It starts getting serious because you can tell that they're kind of wrapping up. And you're like, okay, are these characters going to live, die, go to hell, go to heaven, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you know it's coming. And then the last like three episodes, it kind of hits you. And it starts, finalization hits you. And without ruining it, because I know some people are, are kind of watching it still, the finalization of the entire series is so sweet, but so sad and so emotional. But it is really, really solid. Really um, well done. Yeah, really, really well done. Um, I can't recommend it enough. I enjoyed it every single time. There's only a few episodes that weren't, you know, on par. But, I mean, you can't have perfection all the time anyway. So, I'll have to look at it. Um I... And I was, unlike you, Jim and I were both hooked from the beginning, like right from the, the get-go. So. Yeah, I'm always leery about new comedy shows because they either jump the shark really quick or they just get, you know, the same boring I generally joke, don't watch comedy shows at all, like sitcoms, yeah. like half-hour sitcoms. I usually just hate them. Yeah. They are all horrible. So if there's one that I like, it's surprising. Yes. And this th this is a very underrated surprise hit. Um, I don't know if they, you know, fast forward their storyline or whatever because they knew they were getting canceled. 
or not, but it was super legit. And this got some good lines in there, good, good philosophy. You know, uh, you learn actually a lot of good stuff in there too um, about you know morality and philosophy and all those other things that I was really impressed with it. Um, I only give it zero space herpes because it's really good. Um, I could see someone giving, you know, I could see probably pushing half because some episodes are kind of just meant there, but it doesn't deter from the entire story. It's just really solid. And well, there's so four much. four seasons of a show and there's only a few episodes that are meh. Yeah. It's worth it. And, and the thing is, is there is definitely good character growth in the entire thing. Except for Jason most of the time. <laughs> Even he at the end. Yeah, at the end he did have some good character growth and everything. And it was it was solid, but it was just you you knew what was gonna happen if they said, We got a plan and you're like Jason's like Maltov cocktails. <laughs> and I'm gonna have to add, well, dip to all of my sayings now. <laughs> Cause it was just it was they, they did really good with that and I, I'm it should be a whole lot more. People should like that a whole lot more. So John, what do you got? Uh, I started watching Warrior on uh, HBO oh. Max. Uh, yeah, you told me about that. What do you think? I'm really interested. Uh, I only got through two episodes, but I very much enjoyed it. Interested Good. in where it's going. Um, I, I was surprised that in the first episode, I think it was the first episode, it basically got through what I would have thought was the majority of the first season's plot <laughs> with what he was looking for. And you're like, oh, well... I guess they're solving that. So I'm very interested to see where it's going. Um, it's a little touchy because it is very much going on racism, which is, of course, a hot button right now. Of course. But uh, it is interesting to see how it is. It's not... Uh, I like that most of the characters seem like they have some depth even on the surface. So, uh, And the action, of course, is fucking top-notch, like quite literally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I am very much looking forward to that. I'm uh, going to try and stop getting late on stuff so I can continue to watch it. Yeah, it, it was really, that was that was a hidden gem for me, too. When someone said, hey, this came out, I'm like, oh, I'll go and watch it. And I was like, yeah, this is some good action, good storytelling, good characters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it does hit the hot button of race and racism and everything. But I enjoyed the crap out of it. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was uh, very pleased how it's going, and uh, looking forward to watching more of it. Nice, Kathy. What you got? Hey, I watched Star Crash, <laughs> and this is a movie that came out in 1979, and I had never heard of it, and I just ran across it as I was you know, surfing through what's available on Amazon Prime. It is on Amazon Prime right now for free. And uh, and I'm like, well, this just looks cheesy as hell. And so... Spoiler, it is. I I, I say to my, my friend who I watch movies with, like, we don't watch movies together because, you know, um, also he lives in another country. Um... <laughs> But I'm like, have you heard of this before? And he's like, oh, I saw that at the theater when I was a kid. Like, no way. Then he's like, 
oh, and the Hoff is in it. And I'm like, no way. Uh, He's like, yeah, I watch it. Like, I, I re-watch it every so often. I'm like, oh, my God. So, of course, we have to watch this together. And, uh, you know, together. And and so it, we did our own sort of uh, MST3K. I only noticed after I was finished watching it that, that MST3K did, did that one. So now I feel like I have to watch the MST3K version to, to see what they did with it. But we have like this whole message stream. <laughs> We're going back and forth. And, and so watching Space 1999 uh, a lot lately as I've been doing and then also reading uh, this John Carter of Mars book this cheesy you know cheesy sci-fi by Edgar Rice Burroughs um, it made this movie more special <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing it was so bad it was so cheesy, but it was the kind of really bad cheesy that I like. Uh, everything, it was... So, Space 1999 came out in, I think, 1974. And this movie came out, like, a couple years after Star Wars. And mm -hmm. I feel like the people who made this movie just watched the, the making of Star Wars... And said, oh, hey, we can do that. We can yes. just hit bash a bunch of spaceships with models. And my friend was like, my friend's like, wait a minute. You totally see, you totally can see that there are bits of the eagles from Space 1999, Space 1999, the models of the eagle spaceships on some of these uh, spaceships in this movie. And there are. You can see them. <laughs> and, then, and then Jim walks in and he's like, it looks like they have just sprues of bits glued to these spaceships. <laughs> and I'm like, and there's the tank tread. There's like tank tread as like little textures. But it's obvious to me that it's tank tread from models <laughs> that are kitbashed onto these spaceships. But I love these spaceships. Well, that's how they did it. They did a lot of just, they'd get model kits and just take whatever they could and make ships out of that. But they did it terribly <laughs> in this particular movie. Yes. They can't all be top notch. They can't all be George Lucas. I understand well, that. Uh, but... Actually, no. They can't all be James Cameron with something well, like Battle Beyond the Stars, where if you look at their stuff, the main hero ship aside, because people have problems with that because they can't unsee certain things. <laughs> but the rest of them, just they're great. But I like the I like the ships, despite you know these obvious things about them. It actually it actually made it more fun. Yes. Uh, and then and then there was so much of the uh, the dialogue that was like, you know. Let me tell you the story of the story in this sentence. Look over there as you see these people on horseback. Amazons riding horses. <laughs> I'm 
like, well, thank you for explaining that to me. Now I know that they are Amazons riding horses. And I couldn't have found that out after they, you know, capture them. Oh, look, these are half mostly naked ladies, you know, on horseback capturing these people. Their costumes were actually really cute, though. Very sci-fi for the time. Yes. The, the Amazon costumes were super cute. I want one. <laughs> this is obviously people who wanted to make Star Wars, but didn't have any idea how to. Or a budget. Or Yeah, or a budget. <laughs> of any sort. Look, compared to things like Turkish Star Wars, it had a hell of a budget. They had David Hasselhoff. Oh my god, he had such a baby face in this. This is before <laughs> Knight Rider. Yes. Oh, and I, I remember when he when he showed up in the movie, I was like waiting. I'm like, well, where's the Hoff? Where's the Hoff? And then this masked guy comes and, and he talks. And I'm like, I recognize that voice. Hey, don't hassle the Hoff. Mm-mm. Yeah, see, the first time I saw this was the in, you know, the Mystery Science Theater version. So... Oh, no, I, I saw the regular version because I was watching a lot of those inspired by Star Wars shows. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, the- <laughs> I would say it is inferior to Message from Space. Which, Kathy, if you've not seen, I, I suggest. Not, I have not seen Message from Space. I don't know if it's on Amazon Prime for free anymore. It was a couple years ago, but... Uh, Message from Space is the Japanese, like, this is going to be as big as Star Wars. <laughs> it was not. Um, it's got the Shiromofune in it, though, which is always a bonus. <laughs> it's got better models. Slightly more coherent plot. It's got Vic Morrow in it. You know who Vic Morrow is. Legionnaires, we've all watched Batman Ninja by now. Yes, if you've not watched Batman Ninja, watch Batman Ninja. It must be experienced. Actually, <laughs> Banyan hasn't, because he keeps running away every time it comes on. Banyan, you have to see it at least one time. He's, He's not here? watching. His kids are in town. He's with his kids. Uh, I mean... Just send I'll him a message, him later. Yeah. I'll tell him later. <laughs> he'll hear it. Yeah. Well, oh, he'll hear it, absolutely. The rest of the group has watched <laughs> Batman Ninja. In fact, I think Marshall may not have registered. I'll have to bring my copy over to let him watch it. Actually, he's got HBO Max. I can just message him to go watch it. <laughs> Me and F. John was talking about his chat stream while he was watching. Oh, 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 God, yeah. When when, when F. John watched Batman, Batman Ninja, he sent me messages on Facebook, to which I replied to in real time. And it was funnier, Kathy, because I started re-watching it again just to be fresh for a review of it, like... 45 minutes, maybe half an hour before he did. And he took a break in the middle. So I knew everything was coming up like fresh in my head as it came up. Oh. I mean, I uh, have a messenger chat that that I could show people, but it's, yeah, it's, it was. Uh, I would say that makes we it do. More we watch these in real time. We like sync up, like, I'm at zero seven, at, you know. So we were at the same place. We watched all the James Bond movies this way. <laughs> oh, Comic Scotty Potty, Batman Ninja must be experienced. Yeah, the thing is, is it, you can't say it's good or it's bad. It's just you gotta see it. it is you the, gotta see it. You gotta see it. it 
on the for reals, it is four shots of Kraken, but the best four shots of Kraken you will ever experience. Because you will go, yeah. the f- Okay. <laughs> if you have HBO Max, it's, you can watch it for free with your HBO Max. It yes. is worth seeing. It is worth seeing. It is worth buying a DVD copy and sending it to Kathy so she can see it. Yep, I, I own it. Yeah. It, that was well worth the money. I may even rewatch it again sometime. I, I've seen it twice now. <laughs> it Unlike something like Cats, where I refuse to watch it again because I have standards, every once in a while you just want to see and experience the wonder and Honestly, the awe the and the monkeys. Honestly, the animation of Batman Ninja was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's a middle one, middle section that some people don't like the animation of. Yes, I can agree it changes, with that. It changes the style a bit throughout it. It starts and ends, I think, with the same animation, but there's a couple things in there that are a little different. It is, yeah, it, it must be experienced. It's still worth seeing it for the animation and the music. I loved the, the music. I'm just thinking about how much cocaine they took to make that. <laughs> it was very frenetic. Yes, frenetic <laughs> is a good word for it. Uh, anyways, um, Star Crash, what, what do you give it? Ah, uh, four space herpes. Love yeah, the fuck say. out of it, though. Oh my god, we'll totally watch that again. Um, I did finish. So I watched uh, Lupin, and I finished it. I don't remember if I said anything about that, but I definitely enjoy yeah. it. Kathy, Last go see week, it. Yeah. Yeah, um, you're not gonna review it until Kathy sees season two. Yeah, that's uh, true. I not not a full review. Much. I enjoyed it. Can't wait for season three. Um, but I did watch Black Summer. Black Summer is a Netflix show uh, based off of zombies. The zombies are the fast zombie types. Yeah. I, I'm with John on this. Okay, so I like season one because it did a really cool new take on the zombie genre and a new take on the storytelling. And it didn't concentrate a lot on the zombies. Um, it concentrated more on the people. Um, and the way they told the story was really good. Um, and it was more done like in flashbacks, like you show what happens and then they lead up to where that was and kind of, you know, do a, you know, the other time warp on it. This season wasn't as good. Um, I really didn't care about any of the characters. I, that no character felt like it was, you know, relatable or I could get the feels for it or I could, you know, okay, this character, I want them to live. Most of you are like, everybody's a fucking dick and everybody hates everybody. I hate that. You can't make everyone unlikable. I just yeah. stopped watching. I got better things to do with my life. Yeah, and it just like... Now, I, I enjoy the world. I like what's going on in the world. And I like how things are going, and I like, you know, I, I like the world, but I didn't like the people. I didn't like... Okay, I'll tell you. I didn't like the characters. Let's put that straight. I don't know the people. I don't like... I didn't like the characters at all. I didn't like any of the characters. None of them stood out to me. None of them made me want to root for them to win or... I just wanted everybody to be shot because everybody was a dick. But maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe they didn't want you to like anybody because the way the world is. Um, even even the quintessential good person, the person that's trying to make everybody happy or trying to stay alive and doesn't want to cause violence, didn't even care for her that much. So I was like, eh. I was like, don't, don't kind of care. Just yeah. didn't care for it. I was not happy at all. I was, it, it, it was probably, 
it gives me my, my the man rating two point you know two and a half space herpes type thing. It just it was just there. Um, I know last week that I did tell y'all I was going to watch start watching Babylon Five. Of course, I wasn't able to. This week, I should be able to start watching Babylon Five. I know John's Shake looking at me like. Mm. <laughs> oh, um, Gonzo, message me after this. Remind me to send you the Lurker's Guide to Babylon Five. Yeah, it's old. Use that stuff because that way you can watch an episode or two and then read what Straczynski says about the episodes afterwards. Okay, it is such a great companion to it. Okay, um, I I know I did start at episode zero, and so I'm the Gathering. Uh, yeah, I, I only the got a, a little bit into episode zero, and then something happened, and I had to stop doing that. Um, or I could just find it now and send it to you, couldn't I? Yeah, while well, I'm babbling. Um, but I mean, so far, it was okay. It's just... Everything can't be a complete downer 24-7. Nope. If it Cannot. is, it's just a drain. And a big drain. Yep. So, and like I said, there's not much coming out uh, on TV. So, I'm starting Babylon 5. I'm going to put together, I've got one, two, three, four Gundam kits to work on. So, uh, I can do and that. And anyone else is interested in that, interested in watching Babylon 5, Legionnaires did just post, post the link in the chat too. Yeah. If you've watched it before, if you haven't, it's a great companion. You watch an episode or two, whatever you're going to watch, then you go... You spend a couple minutes reading this. You see his thoughts and everything on it. You get so much more depth without spoilers. So it's super cool. Um, one more thing I'm watching, and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna rate it necessarily, but uh, Kyle here, Kyle Hill, sorry, from uh, on YouTube, from he has a channel called Because Science. He's a lot of science stuff. He has his own channel where he's going over nuclear disasters and giving you a lot of background on that he's got one on chernobyl a bunch of stuff i've watched a couple of them i very much suggest it if you're interested in the history of nuclear power at all it is a very good watch he keeps them about 20 minutes or so um and he does a good job of giving you all the facts and let you know what happened with no no punches pulled no you know it just the facts you know whether it was good or bad based on the country that did it you know, it's just just the facts based off what happened. Spoiler: America is terrible. <laughs> what? Terrible. But yeah. important things happen from it. He doesn't he doesn't pull his pull his punches on it. I definitely suggest if you're interested in that at all. Um, yeah, that's what I got. Um, I did watch one more. Kathy, do you have anything else you need to talk about? Uh, no. Okay. I watched uh, Wish Dragon on uh, Netflix. Um, about an hour or so, half type movie. Um, it's an animation. Animation is pretty good. Story is just okay. It kind of reminded me of Aladdin. Um, uh, I, I'm going to say, just looking at the pictures from it, I don't think you're the target demographic. No, no. I imagine yeah. you're watching it because your kids are probably going to watch it. And you want to know what it's about in case I ask you. Or I, I wanted to watch it because, you know, I like cartoons. And if it's a good one, more power to me. But it was just okay. Um, I'm not going to do any spoilers for it because it's just still brand new. Um, it was all right. There wasn't anything great or wonderful about it. Super cute. Um, super nice. Definitely a good, good, good kid show. It probably gets like a 
two space RPs for me. Uh, but if you have kids, they'll love it more than anything. It'll be a lot more serious. There are a couple of good scenes in there that are kind of fun and kind of silly and, you know, you kind of laugh. But for the overall part, it it's a story that's been done before, um, just with a slight twist. Um, so it was okay. It didn't get my man. I would rather watch it than Black Summer again. But um, it was okay. It was all right. So other than that. Um, and it is now 8.30. Ta-da! That's, not, that's 9.30. Where you live. Guys, we want to appreciate everybody coming out and listening to us, whether whether it's here on the podcast or here on Twitch or whatever. Uh, reminder, Kathy, you will be... Are you streaming Tuesday and that's it? Nope. So none this week. I am, I am on holiday from streaming until... Possibly the Friday after this. Maybe. Maybe. If I feel like it, because I'm driving all day on Thursday. Two weeks? Yeah. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Really, it's like eight days. Besides, I will be missing uh, the podcast next Sunday. What? Unacceptable. We gotta find someone to replace Kathy. You may want to volunteer. We can have someone sit in that seat and help us, but cannot replace Kathy. Oh, okay. Just for that, yeah. Somebody want to be a guest on the podcast next week? Send us a message. Volunteering legionnaires. (laughs) Oh, it's it. That'll put you on the spot. Legionnaires is like, wait, what? What just happened? (laughs) Apparently, we're gonna have to do the uh, MechWarrior Online main podcast stream then. You don't need a camera. Just need Most a phone. Most of the people just listen to it anyways. So. Well, guys, we're going to send you off to the Pyro Club like usual because they're our great friends. We want you to start watching them too. Um, guys, please take care of yourself. Please keep safe still. Don't do anything stupid. Watch out who you hang out with. Make sure you wash your hands. Wear a mask. Be safe still. Um... We don't need any more news about other people like that to happen. Um, yes. Other than that, for more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I am still Kathy. Good night. For now. For now. No, she's going to reach her final form. She's going to evolve. Hey, we're raiding the Pyro Club. No, that's not how you do it. No, it's backslash raid then Pyro Club. Or is that forward slash? That's forward slash. I I actually go into the the manager and just use the raid function there because I'm lazy. I mean, you could. You could. Actually, 